man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Number one overall, Georgia Bulldogs, of course, <laughs> as they should be. Oh, my God, this guy. I'm going to have to listen to this all season long. Ugh. Nice. Late to work sports. 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 What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports, where we got no agendas and just raw sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray Ray. What up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? Hey, man, just glad football is back, and it's looking great. Yeah, man. It's uh, It's been a good week, man. It's been a good week. I, I, I caught me some games, caught me some really good games, and you know what tomorrow is when we push this episode out. It's Thursday night football. NFL's back, baby. So, should be good, man. I'm ready to, to uh, break down some football stuff if you are. Hey, man, yeah. Let's get after it. All right, man. Let's jump right into it. All right, so let's go ahead and since NFL hasn't started yet, let's go ahead and talk about some the college football world, Ray Ray, and how week one kind of shook up. So, I'm going to have to, uh, I don't know if it's taking an L on this one or uh, or if it's just counting your blessings, but I went two and two through the first week of my notable games to watch. So I'll go ahead and recap those for anybody that may or may not remember them. So first off, I had uh, FSU and LSU, right? LSU uh, taking on FSU and FSU dismantled LSU, man. I don't know if you watched it. But it was ugly. They dismantled him 45-24. Got that one right. There was only one touchdown in the second half for LSU, man. And it came in garbage time against third strings. So, not a big showing. I remember texting Tyler and telling him, like, Hey, man, uh, FSU better go in there and figure it out at half because they shouldn't be this close to the game. You know, I don't remember, I don't know if you've seen it or not, man, but there was a couple fourth down plays LSU got stuffed. I don't know if yeah, they the, completed the fourth down at all. The game looked pretty close there for a while until FSU just woke up and then took it in their own hands. Bro, second half was totally different. Uh, I, and this is a cool fact. I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same time, you know how the people are, man. They, they, they pull up stats and they're like, you know, this is the first time that this team has lost when it was overcast outside on a Thursday on, you know, September yes, it's the 6th. Wild and weird things. Yeah. But this is kind of a cool one, I guess. It says LSU, this loss marked the worst loss as a ranked team in a season opener since the AP poll era began in 1936. Well, so, not, not crazy wild, but, you know, still kind of like. It's a good eh. thing you, you picked your real team to support the beginning of this year because that would have been embarrassing for you <laughs> as a new LSU fan to go ahead and make that. Yeah, that yeah, stat. yeah. I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to walk away from Virginia Tech cold-heartedly or wholeheartedly, excuse me. Uh, I guess it could be cold-hearted. But uh, I'm not ready to walk away from Virginia Tech 100% yet, but... I'm leaning more and more towards FSU over the last few years, man. Uh, LSU, I had that little, happy you know, about that one. 
Oh, Tyler loves it because we've been talking more about FSU. You know, I grew up watching FSU, and FSU was my team as a little kid, man. I got pictures of me wearing FSU. I mean, it's back, it's back home for you too. So, yeah. So you know, it's just coming in things like it's when FSU. Even though I follow Virginia Tech, when FSU would do well, it would excite me. I would be like happy for them. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like right. childhood memories. So LSU. To be honest with you, I only got behind LSU because of Joe Burr, but that's a, that's about it, man. I like Joe Burr, but he's the reason I'm behind the Cincinnati Bengals right now so much. So, you know, maybe it was just a short-lived thing. Now that he I isn't mean, there, they don't have the same swag. That's all it takes is one electrifying uh, player to kind of get you onto some kind of fan base sometime. That's true, man. That's true. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't think LSU's coach is very good, personally. Well, no, he threw everybody under the bus, too, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, he also did Notre Dame wrong, but that's yeah. uh that's another topic for another time. So, so rolling the second pretty good. This year, you're just you're one and zero. So I mean, what do you got yeah. next? Well, now you make me want to go into uh, make myself two and zero. So we're gonna go to my next game, and that's uh that's Utah to me, in my honest opinion, embarrassing Florida. I picked Utah to win that one. The score. Makes it look closer than it really was. The score, the final score was a 24 to 11 game. But Florida couldn't get it going, man. I, I mean, I remember texting, uh, texting old Benny and uh, telling him, like, man, Florida, Florida better step up if they're going to win this game. And he's like, we're not expected to win. I was like, oh, well, then you're right on par. It's terrible time. Florida, Florida <laughs> yeah, man. You know, Make Florida only had 13 rushing yards that game. I feel like I could at least get 13 rushing yards. I mean, seriously, like, dang, 13? 13 rushing yards, man. And and here's why I said it was kind of like a beatdown. What is it? That's beyond terrible. It's not good. (laughs) Here's why I said it was, you know, kind of an embarrassment, man. Going into the half, and this is why I said the score doesn't really quite tell how how big of a beatdown it was. Going into the half, or excuse me, going into the fourth quarter, the score was twenty-four to three, Utah. Yeah, so I mean, they came in garbage time too. Then yeah, they got eight points in garbage time. Congratulations. It, hey man, I yeah. mean, as long as we're on the board, because the record books, when we look back at it, it's going to look a little bit better than than what it was. That's true. That's true. But so right now I'm two and zero. Oh. All right, here we Next go. Let's week. go ahead and break your heart. Yep. Next, next we had UNC playing uh, playing the University of South Carolina, and like some uh, some signs I seen at the game where it said uh, UNC is quite literally on top of South Carolina. They That's ended. A That's a good one. Yeah, it was pretty good. They ended on top of man thirty one seventeen. I against my better judgment. I picked the SEC to come in and upset the ACC in this one. And instead of saying, you know what, though, South Carolina really hasn't been that good as of recent. UNC kind of has. I didn't I didn't listen to my better judgment. And it was only a three-point game at the half, though. So that's the wild thing, man. The three-point game at the half. And I guess after halftime, South Carolina just didn't come out of the locker room or something. I'm, I'm not sure. Man, I mean, and, and that hurts for me because, you know, at the very beginning of all this, I picked South Carolina to be that, that dark horse to come in and Radler to want to pop off 
But this is a terrible way to begin. Oh, he yeah, popped off all right. He popped off. He popped, and, and the excitement's over with. Yeah. So, well. It's not as bad as some of the other games we're going to talk about for week one, but... It can yeah. get, get worse. Oh, it's going to. So, next we have probably one of the worst upsets, I, th- I would say. Not the, not the, to me, not the worst, but one of the worst upsets. And that is, I picked TCU to beat Colorado because I'm not sold on Coach Prime. And you know what, man? It was a shootout. I mean, a shootout. But TCU is on the losing end, 45-42. I did get that one wrong, but it was only by a field goal, so it wasn't like the rest of these ones. It was close, man. And uh, honestly, Colorado took the lead right at the end of the game. It was, you know, like less than half a quarter left. So... It wasn't. It was back and forth. Now, don't get me wrong. It was back and forth, but it wasn't like they held the lead and just you know stayed on top of them the whole time. Well, but at the end here's of the day, thing. Coach Prime's just happy to have that W. I'm sure. Oh yeah, you know he went to running his mouth in the press. You know how he is, man. But uh, Colorado only ran the ball for 55 yards, which I honestly think that's going to cost them when they play top tier teams. You you played a TCU yep. man, yep. and let's be honest with you. TCU was in the championship last year, but they did lose some of their top players on both sides of the ball. D. Winters was a stud for them in the college playoffs last year. I think uh, really when they played Michigan, he was all up and down the field, but he's gone now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, name another defensive player on their team. I can't. He was the one I remember. I don't know if the fans can really even tell you. He was the one I remembered, man, and he's gone now. So, Colorado, you, you beat up on a team that lost their star quarterback, lost to me their top defensive player. You know, lost. Well, Colorado's uh, going to tell you they don't receiver. care because they were what like two and ten last year. So try try, try one and eleven. Yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, they've already, I mean, already they've already matched their doing win just as good last as last year. year. <laughs> But I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon and they're like, because you know the the oh uh, Coach Prime Sanders' like to son. Find some people, man. Yeah. Well, well, his son, man, threw for over 500 yards, set the record. They had four wide receivers over 100 receiving yards. Everybody's jumping that, on. They had that kid playing both sides of the ball. Uh, Travis Hunter, I believe, is his name. Or yeah, Hunter and then Travis, he was still dancing like in the locker room at the end. Yeah, he played uh, over 100 snaps, bro, which is That's nuts. Wild. Don't with the interception. But I, I'm going to tell you what, man. I'm not sold on Colorado being a juggernaut like a lot of other people are already jumping on that bandwagon. I mean, it's going to take a I, little bit of time, you would think, right? Yeah, I'm not a guy that jumps to conclusions. I'm not a guy that's quick to call somebody a bust, you know, normally. Uh, you got to give me something because I'm like, eh, you can have good games and you can have bad games, you know? I mean, there's uh, – I don't remember who it was, but – I. I think it's uh, Mark Sanchez, maybe, has a better passer rating than Tom Brady in the playoffs. That doesn't mean that Mark Sanchez is better. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nope. I'm not, yeah. I'm not ready to jump on that bandwagon just yet. Yeah, you really have to start breaking down when you look at numbers. you got to look at all mm-hmm. what's going into it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Colorado only ran the ball for 55 yards. I'm going to tell you what. Colorado thinks they're a juggernaut. They step up against a defense like – Alabama, like Georgia, like Ohio State, a defense that has stud corners, stud safeties, 
You know what I'm saying? Like or a team that's just known for good defenses. Yes, that passing attack is going to you're not putting up 500 yards, big dog. You're no, probably going to struggle there's, to put up three. To be honest with you, there, there's truth to a good running game will open up the the air. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations, you did beat up on TCU. No one could take that away, and it was great. You set records, but you better start learning how to run the ball because 55 yards is not going to get it done. It's not going to get you in the college football championship in the national title game. It's not going to get you done if you can't run the ball. Was that a was that an outlier? I don't know. But I will say, Ray Ray, you were right. TC is not as good as they were last year. I don't know, and really, I don't care if the Colorado team is different this year or not. I, I mean, yeah, they got a bunch of people in, but well, I, I don't know, can- man. They, well, even so, if they went out, like we've discussed, they're not going to be... They might get to be the Cinderella team if they went out, but I don't think they're going to go that far anyway. I don't either, man. I don't either. But you know what, though? I, I honestly don't see Coach Prime... I don't I, I don't know if he's necessarily trying for a national championship this year. Because I'm going to tell you what, man, if they finish... If they finish and they, they, they honestly could... They finish in the top ten in the country. That's going to be huge for recruiting. I think just, recruiting. I think just going to a bowl game is going to be huge for them. Just being bowl. It's going to definitely be uh, be a big deal. Yeah. If they they finish with a positive record and go to a bowl game, it's definitely going to help him year two. You know, but it's also I think that's what he's looking make for. A lot of people kind I think of take that's notice. What, yeah, that's that's what he's got to have though. He's got to have a bowl bowl mm-hmm. game this year to live up to the prime hype. And I don't even. I'm gonna tell you what, man. Even if they don't do great this year, I'm not. I'm not saying Coach Prime's a bad coach at all yet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm right. not ready to say that either. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not ready to 100% make my call if they're great or not yet because we've had too small of a resume right now. But I will say, from what I've seen so far, y'all look like y'all could be kind of dangerous. So time will tell. You gotta you gotta tighten up that defense though. You gotta tighten up the defense. You can't allow you allow TCU to put forty two points on you. You can't allow other teams to do that. So Yeah, you only get away with that so many times in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So speaking of points, before we give to my big upsets, and then I'll let you see which one you thought, you know, your upset was the biggest here. You know there was three teams that scored over seventy points in a game? I just know I feel bad for that Oregon Duck mascot with the 526 push-ups. Oh, my God. That dude got swole. I'm pretty sure he had had to change out. (laughs) His arms hurt the next day. He had old Raptor arms. And tagged out with somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me get the bodybuilder out here. So, uh, Oklahoma beat Arkansas State. This This is honestly probably the most heartbreaking one. They beat Arkansas State 73 to nothing. At one point, that coach looked like he was ready to break down, man. I'm sure he felt horrible. I'm sure he was struggling, didn't know what to do. And one of his players come and picked him up and was like, it's okay, coach. It's okay. Which is a class act by that player. But that's tough, man. 73 yeah, I mean, to nothing. I mean, it's got to be heartbreaking as a coach to mm-hmm. just get molly whopped like yep. that. Well, another molly whopping. Ole Miss beat Mercer 73 to sevens. At least they didn't get shut out, right? That's I mean, right. Hey, no goose eggs. Yeah. So the final one, and I believe it set a record for most points scored is what I think I saw. 
or at least it's up there, Oregon end up beating the brakes off Portland State, which I don't even know. Is Portland State even in Portland? I, like, I have no clue. I've never even heard of them. But they beat them 81-7, to dude. That's That's a lot of points. That's... I don't know how many of those are touchdowns. I didn't look them up, but that's a lot. 81 to 7. Look, At what point do you just quit? Oregon itself is probably happy they didn't play a top team to start off this year like they did last time. I'll be honest with you. I don't know why any team wants to play a top team starting off. No, that's why that, get... that Georgia-Oregon game set the tone, I think, for Oregon for the rest of that year. Yeah, because you're trying to get this is the first time you're gonna play against real competition getting out there. Theoretically you wanna play a weaker team. That way you can fix those issues that yep. are happening in real time out there. You know, yep. with, with with actual game speed reps, you can fix those issues. You don't wanna be trying to fix them when you're playing, you know, a Georgia and Alabama. Like Texas Texas is gonna start and that's I know going into next week, but Texas is about to play Alabama. Like, y'all want uh, y'all wanna play Alabama and Alabama, you want to play Texas like week two? I mean, I don't blame in college, right, where we've talked about how every game really matters, mm-hmm. that you want to take your first week or two as tune-ups. I don't blame yes. them because it all matters. Because if you drop those first two games, especially as a top five team, good luck getting back. Yes, yes, I mean, just, and that's just good the thing. Luck. Like, I don't know I mean, if I do that. I mean, obviously, but, once we expand the playoffs – that's a different story, you know what I'm saying? Right, but right now, no. Nah. Well, that's why I kind of laugh at the whole like it's a week schedule. It's a week. It's like I don't, I don't blame teams for taking week one and two. Like, hey, let's go ahead and like you said, let's get these in-game reps. Let's work it out. Mm-hmm. Because if you play, you know, if you put Georgia and Alabama against each other week one, yeah, it's going to be a big turnout. But one of the teams is going to be done for for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to hurt their potential. They're going to have to struggle to get in there. And not only that, you're not even going to see like. The best, yeah. Football not that on you could see. They're not in their prime yet for the season. Mm-mm. No. So. Yeah, you're gonna see guys well, like, oh crap, yeah, this is real game speed. <laughs> but that leads us into our upsets that I've marked, anyways. Maybe you have different ones. Maybe you have the same. But uh, I got TCU, obviously, LSU, obviously. Uh, both of those two teams were ranked above the other one. Now, granted, LSU was not ranked much higher than FSU. However. They weren't expected to get beat down like that. Mollywopped, as you like to say. And then I'm sure you know my number one upset, but I'll go ahead and let you take a stab there. Well, it's going to probably be that team that's named after the mayonnaise versus <laughs> uh, the guy who needs a franchise quarterback to win. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty close. Uh, Duke upsetting Clemson. Uh, that's embarrassing, man. Clemson lost twenty eight to seven. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, it's like I've told you before, Dabo has to have a, a franchise quarterback. Because when he had Deshaun, nobody questioned anything, and when he had Trevor Lawrence, nobody questioned anything. But here he is without that, and he's just not being able to figure it out. Yeah, it uh I don't know, bro. It's it's embarrassing. I don't really know how else to put it. I don't know if you uh I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a word, I guess, that was made after Clemson, and it's called, so it's Clemson with I-N-G, Clemsoning, uh-huh. and, and it's an act of undelivering an inexplicably disappointing performance. 
Uh, I uh, feel like the Falcons like the Clemsoning. Oh, with that, it's probably the Falconing too. I mean, we can go either way Falconing. with that one. It's interchangeable. <laughs> I will say it's pretty. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stat that a Clemson has thirty-eight. I think it's thirty-eight, five and four stars, and Duke only has two. Oh, that's embarrassing. So it goes to show, like we've also discussed a lot, it does not matter how many stars you have. It matters how you get out there on that field and play. That's it. That's it. It's the uh, work ethic you put in, the grind, yep. the desire. Who wants it more? I mean, just to slide it in there, I can't think of his name, but during the Georgia game, there was a walk-on guy who just came in and, and started to play like he's going to earn that scholarship. I feel yeah, like so. you know the name. I don't. I can't think of it. I just know he's a he's a shorter dude. I believe he was a receiver, and he just one of those I'm going to make something out of nothing kind of guys. You know, that's the uh, cool thing about the walk-ons in college. They got something to earn. Like that kicker for y'all a couple years back. Was it Rodrigo? You talking about Blankenship, what? the one that just left, or the one before him? I think it was him. I think it was him. He didn't have a scholarship, and they yeah, and they ended up getting one. Yeah, imagine being the most accurate kicker in Georgia history and then the next guy comes and beats that and then and then you go to the NFL and you're horrible he can't find a home <laughs> he but he says, can build one out of them Legos uh, he says it's he says it's a lot harder to kick uh to kick it between the uprights when the, <laughs> your your zone is in between the uprights as well <laughs> what is that special mean? like the lines on the field yeah the, the hash marks the left and right hash marks right. So in college football, they're wider. That's right. I never noticed it, that. I never paid yeah, attention. Yeah, but in NFL, they line up with a goalpost. So if you lined up on the right hash mark and you kicked ex- perfectly straight, you would hit the right goalpost. Oh, I never pay. I got to pay attention to that. I got to go look at that next time now. Mm-hmm. You learned yep. me something today. Hey, it happens. So, well, let's roll into week two. Let's do it of a college football world. Okay, and. You know, like well, like we said, I feel like a lot of teams are doing the tune-up thing right now. So there's there's not too many huge games out there uh, for week two, but I do have a couple marked here, and I also have who I got winning them. I got Ole Miss. They're gonna travel. They're number twenty right now. They're gonna go travel to play number twenty-four Tulane. I don't even know where Tulane is. It's Alabama. Is it Alabama? Yep. I feel like there's a two-lane everywhere. You know what I'm saying? There's a two-lane in Florida, in case you're curious. That two-lane is an original founder of the SEC. Oh, you learned me something. Uh, All those country terms learned. Be gooder. Be gooder. That's right. That was our slogan in our recruiter school. Be gooder. We just put ER on everything we would say. Be gooder. I mean, it would be better er, er, everything. I'm sure English teachers but, uh, don't like y'all. <laughs> oh, my English teacher would have had an aneurysm had they been in our course because we were look, definitely look, John, butchering we, we, it we on purpose. Get back, we got to get back to sports. We don't care about your high school days. Sorry. I didn't say high school. I said my recruiter school. You said the English teacher. Yeah, yeah, they would have they would have had an aneurysm had they heard me talking that way. Yeah, that's what I'm talking uh, about. But anyways, I got Ole Miss winning that one fairly easy, man. I, I don't disagree. I think we'll see oh. the true SEC dominance in that game. Well, I don't know. We've been surprised before. Tulane might come with that chip say, hey, baby, we got numbers beside our name. Let's uh, keep climbing. Well, I can tell you, Old Miss just came and uh, put up a score and showed that SEC power in week one. So I don't think they're going to score 70 points again. 
No. But no. All right, next we got uh I got number twenty three, Texas A and M going to play Miami. Okay. I'm following this one, man, uh only because I'm Miami for whatever reason seems to come out at the beginning of the season normally and do well mm-hmm. and then kind of just burn off at the end of the season. It's like they can't, you know, keep the uh success up. Consistency. Yep. So we're week two. Okay. And I normally wouldn't do this, but I'm going to go with the upset alert and say Miami Uh-oh. upsets number 23, Texas A&M. Okay. So I can, I, I can, I can see that because, uh, I mean, if you look at Texas A&M in recent history, they've been kind of mediocre in all comparative stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at when they came in, they came in with Johnny Manziel, like we talked about, and they were on top of the world because it was like, wow, this, this is the guy. But since yep. then, they've kind of fallen to the to the wayside in SEC. Like, they're just there. You know, they're not bad, but they're not good. They're kind of midline. Yep. And like you said, Miami likes to start off really hot. Miami's like, hey, man, it's it's still hot down here in Miami. We're going to start off hot. It's all about the you. And then yep. somehow it all becomes about the dang we can't win. So, I mean, <laughs> I can see that. But just for the sake of it, for the argument's sake, I'm going to say Texas A&M holds on to it for a little bit longer. Okay, okay. Next, I have uh, only because we've talked about this a little bit in week one. I got Nebraska and Colorado. Can Nebraska bounce back against Colorado? I'm going to be honest with you. No. I honestly have Colorado winning this one. But I think they're going to no. have to run it a little more this week. I, I'm i not going to say that they can't run it, but I'm also not going to say they can. I'm not sure. But I know this is a very heated rivalry. Rivalry games tend to be closer. Uh, they do not like each other at all. So I feel like if Nebraska, if Nebraska can stop that passing attack, there's a good chance they could come away with a victory here and upset Coach Prime as he tries to uh, set the new level of wins in Week yeah. Two for the Colorado Buffaloes. What's your yeah. thought on that one, man? I, I don't disagree, Nebraska. Well, one, I know people here who are Cornhuskers fans and I always give them crap anyway, and they <laughs> like to bring up the 90s. Uh, this is not the team of the 90s. Mm-mm. Nebraska has been on the struggle bus, but they'll admit that. These these fans I'm talking about, they'll admit that Nebraska has been on the struggle bus, um, and I think they're going to stay on it. I don't think they're going to beat Colorado. Maybe if it was old Colorado with the old players they had and without prime, but I think just the fact that I don't think Colorado is changing completely. And whatever you do, don't say culture because he hates that word. But he's changing the atmosphere there. So I, I think they're already going to win it there. I just don't think Nebraska's the team. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to go 2-0. Like I said, though, Nebraska, if they can slow that passing attack down, I think they have a fair chance to, to okay. do something. So we'll see. So they open up the playbook. <laughs> And then we'll go ahead and hit probably everyone's number one game of the week. And that is number 11, Texas, heading to Alabama to take on the number three, Crimson Tide. I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you. I don't got much to say about this. Alabama is still the better team, and it will show this week. Thoughts? If it was in Texas, I think we could give Texas the edge. I think this is a true matchup of that. But with it being in Alabama... Uh, I don't. I don't disagree. I think Alabama's got the edge on this one. Okay. I mean, that'll definitely be the one I'm. I am uh, waiting to watch. Like this week was FSU yeah. and LSU. 
this will definitely be that one this week. Well, the the gambling man and somebody would tell you to take the home team who is higher ranked, right? So I mean, I think that's kind of no brainer. Take Alabama. You've been talking to Papa? Huh. Maybe, maybe not. I can't <laughs> confirm or deny. Ah, uh, well, <clears throat> we will see how I do this week. I got threw you out uh, four games. <coughs> Excuse me. I threw you out four games. We'll see how this one plays out this week. So on to the NFL. So before we roll in there, man, before we kind of go talking about some of the things that happened in the NFL, I want to kind of give you this feel-good story. You know, I love me a good feel-good story, man. Yes, you do. I love them. So the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Parcells. I don't know if you know him or not, but great guy, amazing coach. And honestly, after hearing this story, just an all-around great human being, I would have to say. So, Bill Parcells, he's most notably viewed as like that grumpy and grouchy old man, but he's also one of the greatest coaches to ever bless the game. His coaching tree is huge, man. I don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but he has multiple game-winning head coaches that have come from his lineage. And that's like Belichick, Tom Coughlin, Sean Payton, I mean, and, you know, obviously the list goes on and on and on from branching out from there. But now he's also kind of being known as something else, right? And that is having a heart and being caring. Because, like I said, he always is grouchy. And he, boy, he's got some colorful language. Maybe he's just mad that everybody's not caring. I mean, maybe. Maybe. You know, he, he recently just had his 82nd birthday, so... You know, he's getting up there in age, obviously. And the story just came out. The the Gary Mayers, he actually was the one that first reported this. Uh, and he says that Bill Parcells, man, has given, has, excuse me. He says Bill Parcells has given out over $4 million to around 20 of his former players over the years that have come to him in, you know, some form of financial crisis. That's huge, man. Like, these are former players, dude. This isn't like he's trying. This isn't like I'm the college coach and I know we're doing really good, so I'm going to make this all disappear. These are like former players. You know, these dudes made a paycheck. These dudes made money, and, you know, whatever reason, they're struggling financially. And he's kind of taking care of them. So Gary Mayer said, you know, people are going to find out that Bill Parcells has made this transition from a guy who had love-hate relationships with his players to the patriarch of that 86 team. And, you know, he said that Bill recently had his 82nd birthday and he's put away money he needs for the rest of his life. He's given money to his kids. But what he has left, he's designated to help those close to him in need. And that is awesome, dude. That is... That's more than a coach, man. I mean, that's just... I, I mean, that I like- to say. That sounds like a guy who's just recognized you can't take it with you. So you might as well share the love to people that got a lot of life left to live and help them out. Yeah, and he's realizes like, yo, I'm set for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean. You know, let me, at let me help out some people. Yeah, I mean, at 82, having, I'm sure he's a multimillionaire still. Like, that's plenty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was uh that was my feel good story of the week man that one came out and I was like oh dude I got to talk about it because I grew up watching Bill Parcells coach 
you know, my he coached my dad's favorite team, the New York Giants. So, you know, I remember him. I mean, he bounced all over the place, man. Browns, Jets, Giants, Cowboys. Just an amazing coach, though. So, Well, now let's roll into I told you I would try to watch sports documentaries here, and I was going to give you my honest opinion on a couple of them. Have you watched Swamp Kings yet? I have not seen that one. Nope. I've only seen the Manziel one and Quarterback is all I've seen. So I'm currently watching Quarterback. I think I've watched like two or three episodes last night, so we're going to get a couple other ones. Maybe uh, maybe I'll be done before next week's episode. Maybe not. We'll just have to wait and see. But I'll give you my review on Swamp Kings, man. And I don't know how old you were during all that time frame of when it was kind of going down. I imagine you were fairly young, correct? When oh, were you nine, born again? right? Oh, five, oh, six to... Oh, yeah, it was 05, 06. I would have been eight. The toilet. Okay, yeah. So you were super young. You probably didn't quite know a lot of stuff that was going on. No. I just um, remember Tim Tebow, obviously, with the kneeling and all that. Like, that's hard to forget at even that young of an age. Yeah. Tebow mania. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, man, there's a lot of mixed reviews that have come out over this documentary. I agree with some. I disagree with some. But here's my take on it. I obviously grew up and watched you know the the Florida Gators become what they were in that time period and it was a team thing even though it was big Tim Tebow winning the Heisman all this and that but I feel like this documentary man was mostly about Tim Tebow and his rise and kind of Urban Meyer uh, I, like I said Tim Tebow was a huge piece right but he wasn't the only guy and I feel like they really didn't talk to a lot of people. They talked about how Tim Tebow grew up, his his high school, you know, his the college, how it was this, how it was that. It, it and then Urban Meyer was a lot of the same kind of thing, a little bit, maybe not so much growing up, but a lot mm-hmm. of like his mentality, the way he was thinking, the way he ran the program, what this and that. And I'm sure those are probably your two key contributors to the thing. But you also have other people that would come in. What is it? They're they're still relevant too, though. Like if they're trying to play off of people who may not know about it, everyone kind of still knows Tebow's name and Urban Myers. True, true. But I, I tell you one thing: I think they missed, man. They didn't speak much about the off the field issues, and to me, that was a big part. Uh, because I don't know, like you you don't you won't remember. So more, I mean, I know you won't remember because you would have been like maybe one or two at the time. So back in like the mid to late 90s, maybe even early 2000s, FSU would have issues and, you know, they would do stuff like, uh, I think there was some players, you know, cheat on a test. There was another players that, you know, I think uh, robbed a store or something. Anyways, uh, that that didn't fly. That didn't fly. Bobby did not let that fly in his program. And... Bowden, like I said, he he dismissed people. He suspended people. He set them during games. That was not a thing, right? Now, obviously, times have changed, and it's all about the ring. We're seeing it right now. Georgia's on top of the world. They've won two, and it's every month. It's something else with another Georgia player and something doing with the law or blah, blah, blah. They just had yeah. uh, one of y'all's linebackers. He's a former linebacker, went to the NFL, and now he's on the coaching staff. He just got into some uh, reckless driving well, and something it's- else, speeding and reckless driving. And not just to defend Georgia as a Georgia fan, but it's one of those things like being a microscope, right? 
as the I'm going to say social media has has definitely amplified yeah. that too. Well, that and that's once you get on top of the world, everyone's looking at you a lot harder mm-hmm. than they are like teams like Agreed. Rice or whoever. Agree, agreed. You know, but I feel like they they missed an opportunity. You know, they didn't speak about any off the field issues. They barely mm-hmm. spoke about Percy Harvin, who was a stud wide receiver for them. They didn't really talk at all about Aaron Hernandez. And I get it. Aaron Hernandez, the way it all went down with him, it's kind of a dark story. Got it. But he was a big part of that Florida team. Why are you not talking about him? You know, And that was the thing, man. So the director said, you know, they talked about it. And the director said that she wanted to paint Aaron Rodgers in the light of being a well-loved player by the team and an amazing player. And that was what he was viewed as. You know, a lot of people could not believe the stuff that he was being accused of when it all started coming out. Because that's not, you know, they, they knew he had temper issues here and there, but that was not the Aaron that they knew. You know, and I they since said that he's had, I think he's, I read he had CTE real bad and stuff like that, which obviously, you know, or they think that he had CTE, which obviously would have changed him. But if you're going to paint him in this well-liked image, right? And stuff like that. Then you got to talk about him more. You really didn't. The only incident was Tim Tebow talking about a restaurant incident with him and another guy. And Aaron ended up punching the dude. Well, that paints him in not a positive light, especially what we already know about Aaron. Right. So they didn't talk much about him. They didn't talk about Cam Newton being on the team at all, really. And the fact that that Cam, he got kicked off the team for stealing. Really? So, yeah. Yep. So, you know, they didn't talk about any of that, man. So, I just, I'm going to be honest with you, I was left a little disappointed overall. Like I said, being somebody that remembers those days, I expected to see more trials and tribulations of the program to show kind of like Urban Meyer trying to keep it all together. You know, I'm sure you've seen the meme where it's like, I, I can't wait for the documentary of the Florida Gators, and it highlights all these players. You know, right. And it's like Tim Tebow, the all-American pastor, you know, Aaron yeah. Hernandez, yep. the convicted killer, Cam yep. Newton, this, and the Ponzi twins, that, and, you know, yeah, they, all these they, different players. And how did a, Urban Meyer keep them together? The drug dealers and the killer and all that or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was just something wild. I mean, it painted, it, it, it painted the picture of all these people being all these different personalities right. and how could they stay together in one not one, but two national championships. And just and so just were able to come through that together and get over yeah. personal issues or whatever. Yep, yep. And so that's yeah. what you were thinking, right? But that's not what you got. And like I said, it wasn't bad. Um, it just left me a little disappointed overall. I, I did learn some things like Urban Meyer taking drugs to sleep, kind of the insane workouts they did at night, the killer mentality that Urban had built in Florida. Like, I honestly feel... I knew these these players were warriors, but I'm telling you, man, I honestly feel like they wanted to go out and kill the other people lined up against them. Not just like, I don't want to just tackle you. I want to hit you so hard your soul leaves your body. And they like talked about some. next snap. Yeah, they talked about that, man. Like, I could have made a play on the ball, but I didn't want to. I wanted to hit that guy. And then, you know, his teammates, like, he didn't want to hit that dude. He wanted to go through that guy. And you can see it, like, wow, that is insane of a hit. So I don't think it's the Florida Gator documentary we've all been wanting all these years, but it was a overall a well-put-together documentary. 
Okay. We just wanted to see more of the, I guess. The nitty gritty. The deep I dark guess. Stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we all knew it was scenes, out there. What was really but, happening. Yeah. So, yeah. all in all, man, I'm going to tell you, it is worth the watch. It is pretty wild how all of it came together and how they turned into this thing. And kind of, again, just like we talked about Manziel, man, they spiraled. Some of these players in there spiraled out of control because of, and the coach, because of what was coming to them. I mean, Urban Meyer needing drugs to sleep. You know what I'm well, saying? Uh, so so I'll, I'll go back and I'll watch that one now. I will say, just a touch, I did watch the Manziel one. Uh, and it was neat What'd to see think? that he it wasn't the fact that he didn't like Cleveland it's just he stopped mm-hmm. loving the game yeah I think that's what he said he said he had just when he got to Cleveland he but, just fell out of love and he didn't want to be there anymore I, I it wasn't that the, he didn't want to be in Cleveland and wanted to be game. somewhere else he just didn't want he to just, be well doing I think football. it's like we talked about he never ever 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 watched tape is my takeaway mm-hmm. from that and so now mm-hmm. it was I have to actually try and be here so now that I can't just outperform naturally it's no fun mm-hmm. And that's a lot of players that are like that, man. They feel they've always had this gifted ability, and once they get there, they just can't do it. Well, eventually, it's uh, like, uh, what's the quote? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. Well, you that's like that happened. quote? I've heard you say that a few times over the seasons. Yeah, I mean that's true though. I mean I think it. I it know is very we, true. We talked about it, but it shines through him of, oh, I got mm-hmm. diversity now. I could go watch the tape and earn it, but now nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll get off that, man. And uh, I tell you what, whenever you watch Swamp Kings, man, if you can, if you can, if you can, it's four, it's four episodes. I think they're like almost an hour piece. But if you get a chance to finish it, bef- you know, before next week or something, you have to give me your take on it. If not, whenever you, whenever you watch it, give me your thoughts on the documentary itself. And uh, for anybody out there listening, man, we got a Discord too. I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts and even throw out some uh, documentaries for us to watch. I'm all about watching anything with sports. I'm always watching stuff like that. So especially if there was like a scandal or like anything dark or, you know, the 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 stuff that you won't see on ESPN and stuff like that, the behind the scenes grind. I love watching that stuff. So, well, let's roll into a couple. I got three NFL players here and one of them's got a contract. Two of them do not. Ooh, so first off. Sounds juicy. Yeah, well, let's, I'll tell you what. We'll go with the uh, – this will set the pace. We'll go with who got a contract today, and that is Mr. Nick Bosa. He just signed a new five-year extension worth $170 million. That's a lot of money. Ha- Bro, insane. Even more insane, $122.5 million of it is guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's a big payday. That's a huge payday. It's, uh, it's, four, it's $34 million a year. So mm-hmm. – just to put that in perspective, he is the highest paid non-QB in NFL history. But if he was a QB and he played today, he would be the 15th highest paid QB in the NFL. That is insane. He's making more money than over half of the starters at the QB position in the NFL. That's just, What's your that's thoughts just, on this? That's wild to think about. I don't know how you justify that much money for any one player. Like, I get it. Nick Bosa's great and everything, but that's just a crap ton of money to put into one single guy. And, you know, I think this is the beginning of the end kind of stuff, too. You know, it's going to be in the same way as how running backs got less and less money. Eventually, people are just going to get told, okay, you're not signing on a team. 
because we can't afford it. Because I mean, we're we're selling the the house for one guy. And this dude doesn't even touch the ball every time. No, he just puts pressure. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, this is not a. I'd be hard pressed to even say I wanted to pay Megatron in his prime this much money because you no, still yeah. have to get him the ball. The quarterback is about the only one that I can argue is worth it because yeah, he touches the, center, the ball. The only ones that touch the ball every play. Yep, yep, and that's what we talked about it on the. Uh, or they talked about it, and in, in, I think you and I talked about it on quarterback. Peyton Manning talks about it. He says. He's a little biased, but quarterback is the hardest position to play because you have to know all the plays. You have to know everybody's job on both sides of the ball, and you have to know if I do this, they're supposed to do this, and vice versa. You have to yep. figure all that out. Well, I, th- I think that's fair to say, though, when you think about, like, he's got to know the ins and the outs. He's got to know the routes. He's got to know when he calls an audible, what's that going to change for that mm-hmm. wide receiver. Like, he's no longer on a slant. He's having to do this. You know, and then he's mm-hmm. got to be sure, like, hey, you know, you know what you're doing? Okay, yep. and then at the same time, he's got to be able to read the defense and know what his pre-read should be. So, I mean, that's fair th- to say that that's probably the hardest position. I agree. I think Ed Reed said, I think it was him. Uh, it was either him or Brian Dawkins, but I want to say it was Ed Reed. It was Ed Reed. He, okay, you know where I'm going to go to this one, where, yeah, where he ran and he said uh, he knew Peyton Manning was going to throw the deep ball, but he ha- and he knew if he looked to his left, he wasn't going to throw it, but he wanted to bait Peyton. So he turned to the right... Yeah, he had to play wrong. He did the play completely wrong on yeah. purpose. So and Peyton read it perfectly. Oh, he made the wrong call. Gotcha. And yep. all it was was Ed Reed was just baiting him. And as soon as Peyton launched it, Ed Reed intercepted it because that just talks he about knew. Greatness. Yep. Huh? That just talks about their greatness. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, to know I have to do the wrong thing to bait this guy who will into doing the actual right call. So that I can intercept it. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> it's nuts, bro. So, well, that is that is Nick Bosa's thing, and I agree. I don't. I understand, you know, defensive player of the year, a stud, but it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Five years. That's not crazy long, but that could be enough to destroy your team. So, the other two, we got Brian Burns. Since we're on defense, we'll talk about him. Brian Burns. Two-time Pro Bowl linebacker. He's holding out for a new contract. And it appears that the contract talks with the Carolina Panthers have stalled out. Right now, he's refusing to practice. They don't even know if he's going to be there for the opening game of the season where the Panthers play the Falcons. And I'm okay with that. But here's the wild thing, man. So last year, right before the trade deadline, I believe it was the Rams offered two first round draft picks and a second round draft pick for this guy. Dang. And Carolina said, uh uh-uh. uh. Again, yeah. that's a defensive player, man. And see, and that kind of goes into what I was just talking about with Nick, with his holding out and wanting to make a lot of money. Eventually mm-hmm. everyone's just gonna go, mm, we're good, you know, and just and just cut their loss. And then yep. everyone's gonna go is it worth the diva? I think you can. We can kind of see the diva era or the diva ness in people. No one's willing to put up with it. Well, it started in football or started in, in the running back market when Le'Veon Bell. So correct. We can we can see it, but here's and now where we, now we see how they get traded. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets like, uh oh, right. 
they didn't trade him last year. Mm-hmm. And then there was rumors that the Bears were also trying to put together a package when they were doing the trade and everything. Um, but the Panthers refused it then, too. Dang. Well, you better pay this man or trade this man right now because mm-hmm. right now he said he's not playing. Make it someone else's and, problem. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to tell you what. If you're thinking you're going to trade him after you know he doesn't want to be there, you're probably not going to get two first-round draft picks in a second anymore. That ship has yeah, probably see- sailed. I can almost guarantee it's not going to come around again. Oh, people see the divaness. I'm telling exactly. you. you, you I, I'm, for anybody listening into you, you can just tell that the owners and coaches are so tired of being dictated by the players. And I get it. You need the players. But without the league, y'all have no money, and you're not going to go make these multi-million dollar jobs, and y'all better hope that you finish your scholarship or finish your uh, degree. degree at college yeah. and then still only go make hopefully hopefully six figures with that degree if it's not a 40,000 to 60,000 dollar a year one you know so you can tell these the coaches and and owners are like we're taking back the league well see they're suggesting right now this is obviously no numbers but we're assuming it's somewhere that he's wanting to make somewhere between this is before Nick Bosa's deal 23 to 30 million dollars now he has to know you are not Nick Bosa 30 million 34 million dollars a year is not it but he could be wanting to get the $32 million range. Well, just to put that in perspective, man, Jimmy G makes $24.25 million. Geno Smith makes $25 million. And Ryan Tannehill makes $29.5 million a year. These are all starting quarterbacks for their team. This dude is wanting to make in the same ballpark as them. Now, they do say the linebacker is traditionally the quarterback of the defense. Correct. However... I don't understand how. I, I know you got a rookie quarterback right on a rookie deal, but I don't understand how you, Carolina. You need to work on your line. This dude is a stud, but you should have shipped him off, took those picks, and tried to get that line to protect your hopefully franchise quarterback. Well, I mean, with two first rounders and a late second, getting rid of one guy, it's kind of like you know you hurt yourself a little bit, but hopefully you draft good talent, and if we get two out of it, then we did well. If you can draft, get a slightly less of a caliber linebacker and, you know, a stud offensive lineman and maybe another decent offensive lineman or a wide receiver or anybody else, you get even decent players, right? I'm not saying all-stars. You get maybe one all-star and, you know, two decents, it's worth it. It's worth it. I mean, because... Let's be honest, Burns is playing in a, in a division that has weak competition right now. Right. I mean, he may go out there and, you know, go wherever he goes, and it's like, oh, surprise, you're playing against studs now, and he may not be as good. So I, I would have took the deal, man. I know it's hindsight and it's hard and everything, but now you now you're fighting this dude about money. And you just told him that you want him to be there long term because you refused to trade him last year, not even right. a year ago. Not a good look. Not a good look. So that leads us into our last one, man, and that is Mike Evans and the trade rumors kind of circle circling around this one. So currently, the Bucks and Mike Evans haven't come to a contract extension. He did have a slightly off year last year, 
But his agent says they're only giving him till September 9th. That is the night before the very first game to figure it out. No deal is reached. He'll become a free agent at the end of the season. I'm hearing a lot of different places about where he could go. But where do you think, man, if the Bucks, I could see him trading him and it'd be like a trade and sign deal. I don't think they're going to try to let him go free agent. I mean, I think you got to try to get something for him. I mean, you got to at least make a draft pick, even if it's fifth round, right? Like, we got to get. Yeah. I mean, even if it's a seventh round shoot, it don't matter. Something instead of just watching him walk away and saying, so long, everyone. Where do you think he goes? Where do, where do you think is like the best, maybe one or two spots, maybe three, that you could see him going? So he's definitely not staying in the same division. I don't think they would uh, trade him there if he does no. get traded. You just don't, don't so. do that. You do your best not to do that unless you're just given something that's outrageous, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So given Mike Evans' age, given the fact that he has played with Tom Brady and he has won a chip with an older quarterback, I think that's one of the reasons why he doesn't want to stay there because of the uncertainty in Tampa. I'm sure uh, if I had those two throwing to me, I'd be ready to leave as well. I think he's looking for an experienced quarterback that can get him one more chip. So, honestly, you're talking about now if it was him, right? His decision on where he could go? Yeah. I would say he would want to either go to Kansas City. I would say he wants to go play for Aaron Rodgers. Or I would say he wants to go play with Joe Burrow. That's That would be what i say. If he got okay. to pick. He, he wants to go somewhere where he feels like, or Philly. I guess you can put him in Philly, too, because they got a great chance. But he wants to go somewhere where the next year or two, he's got a great mm-hmm. chance of coming back with a ring. So just so we're understanding, he has said he wanted to remain in Tampa. However, they're obviously lowballing him. With that in mind, he's I don't think he's going to KC unless he agrees to take the low money that I mean they only got they're already four million dollars over, so they have to open up some room. I definitely think that would be, you know, appealing, but I don't I mean, think he's gonna go there. I mean, would you want to leave Tampa either? Do what? I mean, would you want to leave Tampa? Last time we talked about this with the whole Browns thing, it has to do with, like, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the you... thing, and that's... So, that, and that's the thing, man. Like, I think, honestly, that's, you know... Tampa's probably one of the best spots you could go to, honestly, location-wise. Tampa, Miami, you know, uh, maybe Atlanta, maybe Carolina. Right. What are your a lot East, of these other your, ones? your coastal cities? Yeah, maybe maybe Texas, but uh, a lot of these other ones, man, are getting uh, they're getting into places that tax you heavily, or they're not ideal locations. Well, that's you know? what I'm saying. Unless at that it's point, just a stud team you want to go play for. That's what I'm saying at that point. If I was, it'd just be ring chasing, which I couldn't blame you at the end of your career. Yeah. If you got to pick anywhere to go, why would you not want to go win one more? Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm saying, man, my thoughts are: I've seen the Jets thrown out there. I can see that one for sure. Okay. I've seen the Lions thrown out there. I could see one. that one possibly. Um but you would have he would have to be willing to understand that there's not a guarantee that right. they would just be paying him a lot of money. Right. I've seen yeah, the there's... Patriots. Okay. There's no way he goes and plays for the Patriots in my mind. No. There's no way. No. I've seen the Browns. There is I understand that he could do really well playing across from Cooper. But to me, there's no way in my mind he goes and plays for the Browns. I've seen him talk about the Broncos and playing for Russell Wilson across from uh, Jared Judy. Again, that'd be a good compliment. I th- 
I, I, yeah. Again, I think that they would have to pay him a lot of money. Um, I don't know if they, it, had this been last year and Sean Payton was there and he had shown that they were turning the program around, maybe, but I, he would be jumping in and be traded with a lot of unknowns. So that leaves me with my third choice here, and that would be the Buffalo Bills. I think he feels like if he went to the Bills, you know, it's not an ideal location, but, I mean, it's a big change from Tampa. But Josh Allen throwing to him and Diggs, I, I think you got a pretty nasty little combo there and a chance to get in the AFC and compete for a ring on the AFC side this time. So I can see Lions, Jets, Bills. It'd just be hard because between the Lions, Jets, and Bills, though, it'd still be hard to go from uh, the sunny weather and the beach to snow. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to snow to any of those, yep. Yeah. Yep. I I could see if if you tell me which one is the biggest one, I think it's got to be the Jets, the most probable. Jets with Bills right behind them. I I could see that because that's going to be his bet. Out of what you named – and going off of my thought process, that's his best bet to win something, mm-hmm. to win one more and walk yep. away. Yep, yep, yep. So, well, all right, man. Well, uh, I got one more topic here, and just kind of just get? a little piece I'm gonna throw out here. I seen it, and I thought it was cool, so let's okay. put it out there for everybody. Most loyal fan bases. So it's not the this, Falcons. The Falcons honestly aren't too bad. They honestly aren't too bad. When you They're cause that much pack. pain, you're gonna lose people. They're in the middle of the pack. I'm gonna tell you what: the Falcons are the best in the in the NFC South. Are the best team. Hey, but but that's very Atlanta of us to not be in the front or in the back. (laughs) Stop it. So (laughs) this data was conducted over a three-year span using keywords across the internet. Some of the keywords were like merchandise, players, stadiums, tickets, etc. Out of these thirty, or out of these, out of the NFL teams, right? The Bengals saw the biggest average rise and that was 80% year after year after year which is insane you know why it's Joe Burr because it's based off the last three years right yeah it's Jamar Chase it's you know Joe Mixon it's that's what it is Mm -hmm. it's those names and all of a sudden wow look at these guys I mean I'll be honest with you they're the reason I started watching the Bengals like ooh 100% all those guys made that team for lack of better words, relevant. Yep. So that is the number one team. No surprise there. The Browns have seen the biggest drop on average 34% each year. Surprise, surprise. Can't blame with it, though. With Deshaun going there, their owner being wild. and I mean, I can't blame the way all that stuff went down. So I mean, you got rid of the only guy who took you to the playoffs and did something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on a little keynote here, there's a couple other struggling teams here that have were mentioned and being some of the top tier struggling teams, and I love it. We got the Saints, who that? the Bucks, and the Patriots. That's great. That that who that all the way down there at the bottom. Ain't it though? Like they're struggling. Mm. So yeah, who that for real, right? Who that fan base at? Actually, who that? Just so you're aware, who that is uh the the second worst team. Mm. So. To put in perspective, I'll go ahead and read them from top to bottom. So, number one, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Number two, Silva will be happy about this. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philly Dogs. Okay. Yep. (laughs) 
Number three, San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Number four, Buffalo Bills. Okay. Number five, Jacksonville Jaguars. That's got to be sunshine. That's higher than I thought. Yeah. Number six, Kansas City Chiefs. That's Mahomes. lower than I thought. Really? Yeah, I can see that one. Number seven, Minnesota Vikings. Number eight, New York Giants. Number nine, New York Jets, hmm. which is kind of wild. That's split number, t- number 10, Detroit Lions. Think about that one for a minute. Detroit I Lions. I can see that, 10. though. I mean, them Detroit people are sold out as is. I mean, they, yeah, they seem to, yeah, the Motor true, City true. folk just seem to love that area. They love it. I, I got a buddy. He's He lives there, and he loves it. Um, number 11, Dallas Cowboys. Number 12, Miami Dolphins. Number 13, Los Angeles Rams. Number 14, Los Angeles Chargers. Number 15, Denver Broncos. Number 16, Houston Texans. Number 17, Atlanta Falcons. 18, Baltimore Ravens. 19, Las Vegas Raiders. 20, Tennessee Titans. 21, sorry Presley, the Chicago Bears. 22, Green Bay Packers. At least you beat them out. Number 23, the Seattle Seahawks. I think ever since Russell Wilson left, they've been just... Yeah, they just fell off. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers at 24, 25, Arizona Cardinals, 26, Indianapolis Colts. And here comes the NFC South. 27, Carolina Panthers. 28, New England Patriots. 29, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 30, New Orleans Saints. 31, Cleveland Browns. And uh, if you notice, I only said 31 teams. That's because... Washington was discounted from the rankings due to low keyword volume. Them poor guys. <laughs> they aren't even getting enough, bro. So I would assume they got to be the worst team. Well, you know what I'm saying? But you can't. They, it was so bad they don't well, even have people data don't know on what, them. They don't know what team to look up. Well, that's true. I mean, they don't got, know to look got, up Redskins, been, Commanders, or football team. Yeah, they've been three to and they're talking about changing the name again. I mean, in the past three years, they've been all three of those names, have they not? Um, or just about. I would I say think. in the last five years at least. Yeah, They've so, been at least two of those names in the last three years. To give you a, the, my quick takeaway on that is uh, that would be like us to be the top of the bottom. It definitely shows <laughs> that the New England Patriots fans were fair weather fans for Tom Brady, and it was all, oh, your, yeah. band, it was all your bandwagon, I just like to win fans. Yep. So I think that's he's been gone they, for three years, I believe. Yeah, I think that's why they've fallen off so hard because I guarantee you, you would have done this 10 years ago, that was number one. Yeah, with uh, with the Dallas Cowboys right behind them. Yeah, easily. I think mm-hmm. Cardinals falling off because you don't have J.J. anymore. You don't have a real face. You have a, a toddler back there. But the I Bills one does not, does not shock me, just given how like crazy that fan base is. If anything, I'm surprised they're not somehow number one, and it has like lifetime supporting them, the, the table company. The- how about the Pittsburgh Steelers being number 24? I mean, what have they really had, though, in the past few years? I mean, Big Ben's been gone for almost that long now, hasn't he? Uh, or two years. I think Two years, I believe. But still, they, they've they they've not had a losing season under under their head coach. No, but that's the thing, too, though, right? I mean, if you keep just going whatever Mediocre. above right over 500, people get tired of mediocrity, too. I could see it. Okay, I can see you. I can see your argument. You know how it goes, man. I mean, Philly, I think, is at the top because it's a young, fresh team. Like, they drafted all but one position. You know, so people got to, like, people enjoy watching something be built, too. But then it's all, like, you have old head Travis Kelsey, but then you have young, exciting Jalen Hurts. Travis yeah, well, Travis. not only that, not I'm going to be honest uh, with you. I, I, Jason. You uh, Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles, man, their fans are very loyal fan base. 
So you know, I mean, ask the cars in the streets that are still on their sides. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some wild people. So I'm not too well, shocked by some of these, but I will say uh, and, and leave you with this: I'm really surprised that KC isn't at the top of loyal fan base. Whether you would think they would from, have a bunch of bandwagoners by now. Just, I was going to say from the bandwagon fans and from the people who have lived through all the BS with that franchise. But here's the thing. Maybe they were lower, and they have shot up. Maybe three years ago, they were like 28th. That's true. They could have been where the Browns six. were. Exactly. So who knows? Who knows? It doesn't really quite tell. It just says where they're at over the last three years. Like they, the, the most loyal. So who's increased? Yeah. Well, since he took over on that one. Yeah, I can see why Cincy has been up there. So, I mean, a franchise that's never done anything all of a sudden is relevant. I can right. see it. Well, that's it, man. I got no more topics. So, uh, what about a uh, what about a uh, fact of the week? You got one? You want me to get mine first? What you want? Yeah. So we'll throw it right back with uh, college football being all that has happened. So the first Ooh, football okay. game was played in eighteen sixty nine. Do you know what two universities it was? Harvard and Princeton. Rutgers in Princeton. At the oh, time as College though. of New Jersey. But it's okay, now Princeton University. Close. I mean, no, that's a pretty good guess. I mean, it's not, I'm not surprised it's Ivy Leaguers that started off a exactly. sport in college, though. That's why I said That's why yeah. I was like, if, that's why we were there. If you ever have to guess any beginning sport in collegiate world, I feel like you, your best guess is to always go to the Ivy League teams. Yeah, they're the ones that have the money pumping in them yeah. where they can just buy this all yep so well since you went with collegiate sport i already had a collegiate sport as well so i'm not gonna uh tell y'all how old i am but uh i was born september of 1989 now why is that important before saturday duke had lost 28 straight games against teams in the ap top 10 the last time duke had beat a team in that top 10 September 1989, and it was against number seven Clemson. History's just so funny. <laughs> History repeats itself, man. But that's that's insane, dude. That's insane. That's a long time ago. 28 straight losses. Now they're uh, one in 28. That's a lot of L's to hold. <laughs> that's a lot of L's to hold. But, I mean, was that the last time they were relevant? Possibly. I, I couldn't tell you I wasn't around. I couldn't tell you I was just being born. It was only nine years <laughs> before me. Yeah, the minute. It's a minute, so. Well, uh, what about shout-outs, man? You got any shout-outs? Hmm. No. Out of everything, a shout-out was the one thing I didn't come prepared for. Uh, so, no, actually. Jeez. I got I to get back in my grind of going to the local places and, and getting them figured out. So what I'll pull out of the top of my head because I rambled enough was uh, there is a little coffee shop that my sister loves. They're pretty cool. It's called The Good Place or The Good Stuff. I think it's Good Stuff, So which is a pretty funny name because it's like, what coffee do you have there? It's The Good Stuff. Pretty good little place. <laughs> okay. Well, local, okay, well, fam- uh, family ran. No uh, no drive throughs They make you come on out. you got to go in and see everybody. Okay. Well, uh, my shout-out this week is... Uh, Shout out to two ladies in my life. First off is uh, my wife. She has been holding the fort down while I was at recruiter school for seven weeks. And I come back and I said, 
Hey, babe, remember, uh, remember I said we were supposed to go to Alabama? Well, we're not going to Alabama now. We're going to California. So I'm about to move cross-country to California, and uh, she has been right there supporting us, um, packing everything up, getting things set up, and you know, trying to tie up all the loose ends so that we could move cross-country. So that's my first shout-out. My second shout-out is to my mom. My mom had a birthday yesterday, September the 5th. Happy so birthday, I want to give her a shout out and tell her happy birthday, mom. Um, thanks for being the first lady in my life. So That's love right. you, mom. And uh, can't wait to see you here in a week or so. And that's all the shout outs I got, man. That, that's pretty much it. I thought it was a pretty good episode today. Yeah, man. No, I, I'm good to go. I got nothing else. Uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm actually off today, so I can't really be late to work. So, I mean, if you just wanted to keep going for a few hours, I mean, I don't know what we would talk about. Uh, No, I think I would rather be late to work than to talk for a few more hours. I'm tired, man. Okay. You got me staying up late to do this thing all late night. This hey, is man, uh, no. not late to work. It's late night sports right now. Hey, I can't help it when I work from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m., okay? Yeah, I'm thinking you're going to have to tell them that they need to give you some more manageable hours. Well, you go to bed at midnight anyway, so. Hey, man, don't put me out there like that. <laughs> yes, Brad, I'm, I'm putting you out uh, to dry. Right, man. It's been like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning recently because I'm still trying to get used to this California yeah, time ex- change. Three exactly, hours. so you, you're fine. You're still a young man right now with it. <laughs> I'm still wide awake right now. That's right. I knew ele- it. uh-huh. It's 11 here. <laughs> so, hey, with that, make sure y'all are checking out our social media. Make sure you're sharing the podcast. We're doing all kind of different stuff. We got a uh, we got a thing in the Discord right now called Prime Time. You get on there, you take your picks of the Prime Time games. Winner's gonna get like a little late to work sports kind of uh, memorabilia pack. You know, maybe some shirts, some stickers, some other stuff. Who knows? We're gonna throw all kind of stuff in there. But uh, make sure y'all are checking us out. Follow us on our social media. We're gonna be kind of facing off Ray Ray and me this this year on uh, picks in the NFL and who is. Uh, who is the NFL king? If y'all want to get in on it, if y'all want to come on the show, check our website out. You can get on there. It's in the description of the podcast. You can drop a little application in. We'll uh, interview you, bring you on the show, and you can talk sports with us, man. Um, we're open anytime. We love talking sports. Discord, social medias, you name it. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter or X or whatever they want to call themselves right now. Um, we're on uh, Facebook. We also, like I said, got a Discord. So, Check us out and let us know what you think, man. So with that, I got nothing. Ray Ray. I got nothing. Okay. Hey, so we're late to work sports and we out. See ya. <laughs>